California cuisine and ingredients have been the source of inspiration for many chefs. When married to global cuisines, the results are like the head-exploding emoji, flavorful, aromatic, delicious. With her roots in India and her current home base in the Bay Area, recipe developer Amisha Gurbani brings a modern flair to time-honored Indian dishes. Hi, Amisha. Hi, Evan. Mumbai Modern is such a, um, a fascinating book. Where in India are your family roots and where did you grow up? So uh, my family roots, as in my grandparents, uh, hail from Gujarat. Um, my maternal grandparents uh, came from uh, a town in Gujarat called Jamnagar, and my paternal grandparents came from a very small village called Dijra. I'm originally from Mumbai. Um, uh, my mom, she was actually born in Uganda, in uh, Kampala. That's because my maternal grandparents, they got married and they moved from Bombay. They moved to Africa for my grandfather's business. And that's where all the siblings, my mom and her siblings were born in Uganda. And because of uh, the expulsion that happened in the 19, uh, the late 1960s, um, they all migrated back to India. But my grandmother and her, my mom's siblings, they all migrated to the UK. So there has been a lot of migration that happened in my family. Uh, but my mom stayed back in Mumbai because uh, she got married to my dad. And throughout all this migration, was the cooking going on in various houses still very Gujarati based? Uh, yes, it was very Gujarati based. Um, and actually in Africa, there was a huge Gujarati population uh, because a lot of business people were going to Africa for their business. So there's a lot of influence for the Gujaratis in Africa of uh, African ingredients like peanuts and coconut. Um, and you'll see that um uh, running through my book as well and few of the recipes. Um, and actually my uh, aunt, my mom's sister, she was gracious enough to share her recipe, um, which is again, a very African influenced um, in the book as well. It's a corn-based curry uh, with coconut and peanuts in it. Uh, very delicious. Your book opens up with a, a, a preserving chapter, lots of jams and and other preserved things, which is really interesting and unusual because usually those kind of chapters are towards the back of the book. But I have a sense that this was your way into a culinary life, wasn't it? It was. So when my kids were little, they started going to preschool. And one of the things that we would give to them was PB&J. And I did not like the jams off the shelf. They had too much sugar. The color was not the beautiful, bright color of the fruits that it's supposed to be. So I started making jams at home and using uh, less sugar and more fruit. And it was um, just so flavorful. And uh, they started enjoying it. I started doing flavor combinations of jams um, where I would do like, uh, I had a strawberry chocolate jam, which my kids loved at that age, two and four. That was one of the first flavor jams that I developed and then went on to flavors like peach and ginger. And those are not flavors that you usually find in the market or something that you think your kids might enjoy, but because they were used to eating it from a young age, they just loved it. Um, and it just became a way of life. I 
wanted to put it in the first chapter uh, because I believe it's like a pantry staple that I wanted to showcase how I can use jams to make other things other than just toast or PB&J. So I have jams that I've used to make um, breakfast rolls. Um, I have jams that I use in macarons. Um, so I just wanted to showcase how I can use jams in other things as well. You you actually went to school to learn dough lamination so you could make these at least unbelievable looking danishes, um, both sweet and yes. savory that are throughout the book. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I took a lamination course at uh, the San Francisco Cooking School. It's one thing I was intimidated by for some reason, and uh, I wanted to overcome that fear. So uh, it's it's something that I go with throughout my life. It's some, If something intimidates me, I want to tackle it. So that's what I did. And surprisingly, it was so easy and it was such a therapeutic process to make lamination dough. And if anyone has not tried it, it's something that you have to try. You get into this Zen moment when you're laminating the dough and just creating those layers of butter and flour. And then when you see the final product and you see all those flaky layers coming right out of, out of the oven, it's just pure joy. I'm just like screaming in the kitchen once the once the end product comes out of the oven. Um, and just having that with coffee or my masala chai or the kids enjoying it, um, it just brings me joy. So you just used the word masala in the context of a chai masala. Um, I'm wondering if you could share a couple of your spice blends or masalas um, with us that we may not have heard of before. Um, yeah, so Thandai Masala is one of my favorite absolute favorite masala blends that I have been using and making uh, from scratch for years. It literally takes 15 minutes to make. It's got about 10 spices. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's just a matter of putting it together in a high-speed blender or a coffee blender. And then the end result is this absolutely aromatic, sensuous masala blend, which is crazy delicious. And I've used it in many different ways. I actually package it and give it to friends and family for any occasion like Christmas or Diwali or any of those big festivals. And everybody loves it. Um, it consists of like um, dried rose petals, whole spices like cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, uh, black peppercorn. And then it has nuts such as pistachio, almonds, cashews, uh, poppy seeds. Uh, so that's that's about it. I think it's about 10 spices in it. And, and what would we use it for? So um, the masala blend, I've used it to make uh, these beautiful thandai shortbread cookies, which is in my book. You can just use it to make uh, popsicles, like, like infuse it with milk and heavy cream and make popsicles out of it. They make for a very festive popsicle, actually. I've used them to make Linzer cookies, actually, uh, with a strawberry rose jam in the middle. And it tastes really beautiful, very fragrant and floral and aromatic. Oh, sounds so wonderful. So one of the things that I found really interesting that you talked about in Mumbai Modern is how Mexican and Indian cuisines overlap. Can you talk a bit about that and how you navigate that in your own kitchen? Yeah, I love Mexican cuisine, especially because 
Um, I feel we have so much similarities in terms of slow cooking, cooking with love, putting, you know, steps into cooking and just the amount of flavor and texture that goes in the food. They use a lot of dried red chilies, which is used a lot in Indian cooking too. And the dried red chilies, they have different kinds of dried red chilies and so does Indian cuisine. They have their flatbread, which is the tortilla. And um, we have our flatbread called the rotli uh, and naan and paratas. There are all these different kinds of flatbreads that we have. And it's always filled with something delicious. The food is not bland. And I just feel like you can up the level of spice in Mexican cuisine, similar to Indian cuisine. It doesn't have to be spicy to enjoy it. But if you want it spicy, you could make it spicy and enjoy it. So uh, I find a lot of similarities between the two and love incorporating Mexican spices in my cuisine. Also, there's a dish in which I, I don't remember if it was your mother or an aunt that had a flour tortilla hack, the Dai Papti Chat. Oh, yeah, the Dai Papti Chat. That's the cover of the book. It's my mother-in-law. So she came to this country in the 1970s and there were... Uh, from Pune in India and she landed in San Diego for the first time. There were no Indian stores and um, she didn't know how to recreate these dishes um, at home. You know, you you long for those flavors when you're away as an immigrant for the first time in the country, especially in those days when you had no family or friends around. And food is what, what brings you together. Food is invokes memories and sort of keeps you going, especially when you make your own food from your own culture. So she came up with this hack of using tortilla and she would fry it to uh, resemble the papris, which is actually uh, just whole wheat flour fried. And after my husband and I got married, she would make it for us in the, simil- in the same way that she made uh, in the 1970s. And I loved it. And I thought I had to include this part of her culture, her hack and her tradition into the book because it still speaks to the immigration culture and how coming to a different country, you're trying to find your way through. And uh, she found a way through the Stortia hack. Well, thank you so much, Amisha. It's a really fascinating book. And the stories that you tell throughout bring us into this world that you've created. Oh, thank you so much, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. Amisha Gurbani is a computer engineer, recipe developer, and the creator of The Jam Lab. Living in the Bay Area, she combines her roots with California ingredient inspiration in her cookbook, Mumbai Modern.